Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, friends. I want to tell you about our newest affiliate, BF Genetics. Would you like to grow your very own medicinal mushrooms in the comfort of your own home? BF Genetics is a small family-owned and operated farm in northern Colorado, providing the highest quality mushroom genetics and growing supplies. Everything from substrates, spores, and cultures to all the information you need to educate yourself about medicinal mushrooms. Right now, if you order with coupon code FKN10, you'll get 10% off your entire order. And right now, you can get buy to get one free spore swaps. To get started today, just use the links right in the description. Welcome back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today, my guest is Michael Lee Hill. First, a couple of announcements. Download the Forbidden Documentary, Occult Louisiana Now, from our website. It's only $5. This is our full-length feature film. You can get it from the website, forbiddenknowledge.news, or click the link in the description. The trailer is available on Rockfin, Rumble, YouTube, and our website. And anyone that's donated to help out with the production and has not yet received your free download, email me, forbiddenknowledgenews at gmail.com. A great way to help support Forbidden Knowledge News is by downloading our episodes directly through Spreaker or our website. And you can get a Rockfin Premium Membership. That's at rockfin.com slash FKN+. With that, you get access to all our premium content and all the premium content from every creator on Rockfin. Today I want to welcome Michael Lee Hill. 
He gained attention in the field of UFO research due to his claimed encounters and experiences. He is known for his association with the Lake Erie UFO phenomena and has become a prominent figure within the community. He has had multiple sightings and close encounters with UFOs over Lake Erie starting in 2006, and he shared his experiences through various media platforms, including TV interviews, documentaries, and presentations at UFO conferences. Michael, welcome. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How you doing? I'm doing excellent. It's great to have you. This has been a long time in the making. I've been trying to get you on for a long time, and finally we're making it happen. And you've had some incredible encounters, which have been investigated and featured within the community. And you've also produced 432 Hertz Technologies, which has caught the attention of entities like NASA. So we've got a lot we can get into today. Lots of rabbit holes to jump into, but this is your first time on. Let's start at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about yourself and then get into how all your experiences started. Um, well, I guess why we're talking right now is I live very close to Lake Erie. And uh, in about 2006-ish, I started seeing these huge orbs of light the size of, I don't know, hot air balloon, and but multi multi-dimensional colors. And... I didn't know what it was because that's not your typical thing of thinking what a UFO looks like, you know, but uh, I would see them go into Lake Erie, come out of Lake Erie and then ignite into a look like a little miniature sun and fly away. I'm like, what the hell? But I had no idea what it was. I thought I just never seen anything like it. So I thought maybe it's some kind of natural phenomenon or something. And I don't know. I, but I ended up getting a lot of film of these objects and I started releasing some stuff on uh, YouTube, but I got to tell you a story with that is um, I'd go down. I had a, a Sony Handycam recorder and it, it recorded on digital tape, you know, and for the highest resolution for that recorder, you only got one hour for one tape. So I brought down like, I think two tapes with me and I had both tapes just filled with footage. It was one of those nights, this nonstop activity. So I was like, I wonder if they know I'm filming them. You know what I mean? Like maybe I should ask. And this voice is like, well, ask them, you know, you're no one's here. Just ask them out loud. So I said, listen, you know, I got some mind blowing footage of you here. And I said, if you are cool with me releasing this to the world, you need to do something, but do something and make it undebatable. You know what I mean? Make it where take all doubt out of the equation and do something that I haven't seen before. Because I was getting tired of filming it. I know it sounds stupid, but imagine you're sitting there looking at the most beautiful orb of multidimensional color, and you're looking at it through a little black and white viewfinder, you know? Uh, it's like I just wanted that color to hit my retina, but I knew it was important to have this documented for some reason. So I said, do something that I haven't filmed before because I'm not going to film you anymore unless you do something out of the ordinary, do something you haven't done, come closer, do something, then I will film it. And I said, but for right now, if you want me to release this footage to the world, you need to show up. And within the next five minutes, show up and do something that's unmistakable. If you don't show up, that'll be my sign that you do not want this released. And uh, so I sat there for about five minutes. And mind you, the whole night was just filled with activity. 
And uh, for the next five minutes after I asked for something crazy, if they don't want me to, you know, share it, nothing happened. Not even a little twinkling of light out there. So I'm like, well, cool, you know, lit up a joint. Excuse me. I am a, well, it's legal here in, in Ohio. Yay. But oh, that, hey, I'm, a, I'm, I'm there with you. I'm in Colorado. So. Oh, oh you, you, you know what I'm talking about. Actually, I think yeah. even from the Anunnaki, it was Chief Golden Light Eagle who told me, Funny story, man. I'm not even got into why we're talking, <laughs> kind of. But um, well, let me finish that story because you gotta help me, dude. I jump around a lot. I'm oh, a, it's all good. Multi-dimensional conversationalist. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what happened was after that five minutes of no activity whatsoever, and I lit up the joint. I said, "Well, let's celebrate." All of a sudden, the craziest shit happened that I've ever seen. And I didn't have the tape was filled up. I didn't get it on film. But out of nowhere, this huge ass. It was a length of like three football field lengths of two orbs. And it had like hundreds of smaller orbs in between these two big orbs. And the lights were going. Not making that sound. But (laughs) um, it was going back and forth. And the whole thing was teeter-tottering in the sky. I was like, holy shit. And um, these orbs of light were dropping out of it and taking 90-degree turns. Um, One would come down and drop to the right, then to the left, and then to the right. Interestingly enough, the activity over Lake Erie goes back to... Well, it goes back into the 1800s, actually, I found out. But uh, Richard Dolan had put the Lake Erie UFOs as one of the top 10 UFO encounters ever because in the 1980s, the Coast Guard were called down because this Henry and Sheila Baker had seen this large craft right in my hometown over the lake. They called the police department. The police department came down, witnessed it, and said, we don't know what the hell to do. So let's, uh, let's contact the coast guard so the coast guard went down and they witnessed it made an official coast guard report and said this but the point is what they described was this craft that had two massive orbs of light and these rows of light between them that was teeter-tottering i'm like oh that sounds familiar you know but um that was when i knew they knew i was filming them and ever since i said come closer because if you don't come closer I'm not filming you anymore. I got hours of film. There's nothing else to film. But then, uh, you know, they came closer and closer and closer. So that led to me having hours of footage. And I uploaded it to my YouTube channel. If anyone wants to check any of it out, it's Michael Lee Hill on YouTube. And uh, some of my footage began to go viral. And that brought the History Channel to my door. And... um they told me they're doing a show on Skywatchers, and um, you know what? I'm again not trying to look like a rock star here, but uh, I got to put on my sunglasses <laughs> because, uh, dude, I'm shy. Actually, I've always I'm a musician, but I've always considered myself more of a Keith Richards than a Mick Jagger. You know what I mean? <laughs> right but because on. of my retina reattachment surgery, he's like, you're gonna have to wear sunglasses like twenty four seven. So even though I'm kind of shy and I don't like adopting my rock and roll matrix avatar costume <laughs> i'm being forced into yeah. it so here you go <laughs> hey it happens man it happens yeah, gonna have to deal with it <laughs> yeah oh <all> good <laughs> um but where were we 
History Channel comes to my so, door. Yes. Um, they say we're doing a show on Skywatchers, and we want to feature your Lake Erie UFO footage. You're going to have like five minutes on the show, and uh, which was the first season of the UFO Hunters, you know, on the History Channel. And um, so what happened was, little, you know, unbeknownst to me, they had filmed another contactee. His name was Terrell Copeland. And he was a Marine in Washington and they had went to film him and see his footage and hear his story like two weeks prior to coming to Ohio to film me and talk to me for the show. And when they had filmed this guy in uh, Washington, they found out he had filmed the exact same orbs of light that I had, had the exact same story of contact, same message given to him, which I guess people now would know of like the law of attraction. You know, thoughts create reality. Belief creates reality, really. Belief being yeah. thoughts, feelings, and emotions. And uh, But they were really weirded out because the same story of contact, the same type of contact, same footage, but he was a Marine, and he was being sent overseas. And uh, they did... He was found to have an unknown blood anomaly by the best military doctors in the world. So then they got uh, civilian doctors involved. No one could figure out this blood anomaly. And they thought, wouldn't it be weird if these two guys that don't know each other, that are separated by 500 miles, but they have the same story of contact, the same UFOs being filmed. Wouldn't it be weird if this other guy comes up with the same unknown blood anomaly? So they're pretty smart about it. They contacted me and said, would you come on to, we want to do an update to your story. And I'm like, well, sure. But they didn't tell me I was being flown to Boston to have my blood work done by a Harvard professor. His name was David Sistrom. And dude, I would have said, no, actually, I'm a baby. I do not like needles. I've never even given blood. I don't know. It's like a past life phobia or something. Well, I might keep my blood to myself. How about that? But when I got there, I found out that's what I was being sent for is they wanted to look into the blood anomaly issue well they found what they're looking for and it's all in the episode alien contact if you want to see it and it's in ufo hunters season one and um it's called uh, now did LA you have an experience prior to this where you you encountered beings no this is all after seemingly. this is how it started i'm not even this is okay this is before okay. yeah not even to the point because that's what they met me for they said we want to talk to you about this blood anomaly that was revealed on the history channel i'm like what the fuck excuse my language um no it's all good uh so i man i, I like to tell people i feel like the forrest gump of all this it's like I don't even know what the hell's going on. I'm just living my life as a normal guitar player and the craziest shit's going on. So what happened was they sent me to Boston, had my blood work done by a Harvard professor. And what they found was an unknown blood anomaly that they can't explain. And uh, first of all, you know, I don't know how deep of a, to go into these subjects. How long do we have? Is it an hour or two hours? we got about an hour. Okay. Um, well, in a give or take, if we go over by a few minutes, that's fine. Right on. In a nutshell, all everyone's brains releases an enzyme called creatine kinase. The, the usual amounts are 25 parts per liter of blood. Creatine kinase brings oxygen into the bloodstream to facilitate healing. But I found out the more oxygen in the bloodstream equates to how much chi or prana or life force you're holding at a cellular level. 
So the more your blood is oxygenated, the more chi you have available, which becomes interesting further into this because that's this anomaly because normal amounts are 25 parts per liter of blood. If you've had a heart attack or ripped a muscle, it can go up to uh, about 250 to 300 tops because the extra creatine kinase brings extra energy to that wounded area to facilitate healing. So again, normal amounts of creatine kinase in the human bloodstream, 25 parts per liter of blood. Um, unless you've been injured, and then it's about 250 to 300 tops. Mine was at 2100 at that moment. and um, But with no medical issue why that is so. I don't, I've not had a heart attack. I've not had any muscle rip or anything. So the, it was in, even to the Harvard professor, he's like, nah, I, uh, and people always ask me too, you know, well, what's your blood type? Is this type O, you know, no, it, you know, the, when the, the Harvard, Pref David Sistrom, the Harvard professor, when he told me about this, he said, uh, I said, well, wait a minute, man. This isn't a TV show anymore, you know? What are you talking about? I don't have normal human blood. Well, what what the fuck? You know, do I have something to worry about? And he goes, uh, I don't know what to tell you. What do you think unknown means? It's pretty much a dick about it. You know, I'm like, well, <laughs> um, uh, he said, if I had to venture a guess, I would um, say that there's some type of virus that's at play in your body that is unknown to mankind that's making your brain trick it into releasing these massive amounts of creatine kinase. Um, so that leads us into, this is in 2008. So after this, the, the, oh, by the way, so what happened was instead of it being five minutes of part of the alien contact episode, Mine and Terrell's story ended up being the whole hour-long episode, and they got into all the details and of you know the blood work and the medical work and everything, and um, so it aired in March of two thousand and eight, and um, in June of two thousand and eight, I was invited to go to this festival in New York, and it's called Serious Rising, and at this point. In 2008, I didn't know what the Anunnaki were. I didn't know there was no ancient aliens on TV. I didn't even know. And um, I just thought I was going camping. I didn't know that Sirius Rising is a pagan festival. And I'm not pagan, but nothing against pagans. They live and let live, right? I don't, whatever does it for you. But uh, I didn't know Syrians are the Anunnaki. Sirius Rising. I was brought into a festival where uh the marduk ra faction of the anunnaki were there in their human meat suits and uh they pulled me aside and said we heard you've been filming us over lake erie and we want to talk to you about this blood anomaly that was revealed on the history channel that this blood they anomaly approached you as just normal looking humans no no good point um at this place it was possible to own a, a site there and actually like it's yours mm. so i knew some people that owned a site there friends of friends and they had built a deck and like a gazebo but they called it the i dream of genie bottle because when you went into this round gazebo type structure 
you know, like I'm sure you've been to many festivals where they have like sacred geometry, mm. drapery, you know, uh, long, I don't even know what to call it, but long backdrops, you know, all around yeah, the yeah. inside of this round gazebo. It had a round chandelier hanging from the middle of it and a round bed. And uh, what had happened was this one individual that relate later told me he was Anunnaki, but at this time I didn't know. Um, he said, there's some people, he said, I'm going to go back to the, I dream a genie bottle and see if everything's buttoned down and stuff. I said, well, I'm not doing anything. I'll walk with you. And when we got back there, he said, Michael, there's some people waiting to talk to you in the, I dream a genie bottle that, um, have been waiting to talk to you. I'm like, it's kind of sparked my interest, you know, my curiosity. I'm like, well, who the hell is in the, uh, who the hell's in the gazebo waiting for me? So I went in there and there's a man and a female on that round cushion. And the first thing I could see is they didn't have any faces. And I know that sounds freaking crazy, but the first thing I said to them was, can I see your faces? And he said, no, you're going to have to wait till tomorrow to see our true faces. And I thought that was odd. He didn't say what he talking about. Like my face is right here, you know? That didn't happen. He said, no, you're going to have to wait till tomorrow. I'm going to jump forward because after this, I was brought into the NSA remote viewers slash reverse engineering division. And uh, by the way, they told me that that's exactly what the blood anomaly is, is an Anunnaki virus that is tricking the blood. We can get into it because there's a specific reason why that this is happening and it and why the Nephilim was created is to create a human offshoot that had more chi or prana or life force available at a cellular level. Because when the Nephilim long ago tried to incarnate into the human meat suit to try to help, you know, mankind evolve as quickly as possible before the end of this Kali Yuga. Um, shit, I spun out. <laughs> well, you said that Nephilim were sent to help mankind evolve, and this this is contrary to a lot of beliefs based on the researchers that I've had on in recent years. Dude, they I'm going to speak. The Nephilim were permission were to evil speak freely. Um, they don't know. Of course, yeah, yeah. Have they met them? No, I can guarantee you they haven't met them. <laughs> the Anunnaki has been thrown under the bus of the ones that are behind the secret societies and the oppressing what people don't know is the oldest and most uh, pure bloodline of the Anunnaki into the human meat suit comes through the native American first nations. The native Americans have been genocided under the machinery of this evil machinery more so than anyone on this planet. Some and I'm Seneca Iroquois, by the way. That's that's where the Nephilim comes in. So Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Part of it's correct because part of that side of the family never looked at mankind favorably, meaning they thought we always gave our energy and our I am away to illusionary outside sources. We had always uh, abused our power over others, over ourselves, over our environment. We, we were polluting the water, the air. And um, so... Man, this gets into a, a, a weird because there's a why. Remind me to get back back to the why the Nephilim was even created and this experiment. But the point was that if you don't know that Inky's bloodline, which Inky created the Nephilim, it's he was the geneticist that did all this genetic work. Um, his bloodline, and he was known as Poseidon, um, or many names. Um, but uh if part of the family did not look favorably upon putting any energy into saving mankind during the last flood, whereas the other side of the family looked at mankind as uh, family. And so right there is when there started to be a conflict of interest because my brother's side of the family was going to let mankind perish. I'm talking about Enlil, which we've met. It's weird, dude. I know some of the shit, by the way, I want to get this out of the way. We've all had many, many lifetimes here. In the Western culture, we don't believe in reincarnation, but us Indians do, Tibetans do. I know it's true. And what that means is we've all had many, many incarnations. We've all had many names, many lifetimes. And the Anunnaki, when I met them, they said, now that we know that you're one of us, interesting they didn't know until i let them know <laughs> that uh uh so uh man even to tie all this in together i'll tell you what happened was during the last deluge twenty-seven thousand years ago ten thousand five hundred years ago was another earth change that people think was the biblical flood that's not it that was due to a comet the pulse shift was 27,000 years ago. That was the biblical flood event. And um, it wasn't cast upon us, like some say, that you know, God was pissed off at the Nephilim and was going to flood the earth. That's not what the matter of fact, if you go back to the ancient Sumerian clay tablets, it says that, uh, um, well, the part of the family that didn't look favorably upon mankind well, you can imagine the head of that group was Enlil. And you know how we go through dark and light phases throughout our history? Like in Egypt, there's dark ages and there's golden ages. And usually it's when men take over, we go into a dark age because we mess everything up. And then the females 
come into control and things get beautiful. And, you know, we go into a new age of enlightenment and creativity and mankind flourishes. The last 7,000 years, the age of Pisces, we've been going through a dark age. What that means is the Anunnaki king, Enlil, has, who has had his ear for reflecting back the story of the kingdom and what's going on here was a, the dark side. And they were going and reporting, whispering in his ear, all of mankind's worst case behavior. Look, they always abuse their power over others. Look, they always destroy. And, you know, and uh, so they, they seen their scientists, I'm talking about the Anunnaki knew the poles were going to slip. They said, well, we, there's nothing that can be done, you know, well, it must be God's will. So we're just going to let them perish. And Enlil was like, well, I don't like them anyhow. They're noisy. They, they're nasty, you know, uh, I don't care. And be in what you need to realize for any of us to make sense is like I said, for 7,000 years, the dark bird or in the Odin, it's a raven. But uh, there's a good side and a bad side, and they report back the state of the kingdom to the king. And um, I met this individual many times, by the way. And um, so, I, first of all, I want to get out of the way that we've all lived many lives. We've all had many names. And so when I met the Anunnaki, they said, now that we know that you're one of us, we're going to remove your memory blocks. And I went, what? <laughs> I I didn't know I had memory blocks. You know what I'm saying? Like, what the hell is that about? And then the next thought came to me, like, how the hell would suppressed memories come back into my consciousness without me feeling like I went insane? And right after that, because of the History Channel, is when they knew I was adopted. And they said, if you can contact your biological parents, you should, to see if this is something hereditary, this blood anomaly. So for the first time in my life, late 2008, I contacted my birth mother. And this was right after I met the Anunnaki and they removed my memory blocks. Meaning my mother is when I found out I had Native American Seneca Iroquois heritage. I never knew. People were like, dude, you're Italian. Look at you, you know, high cheekbones or whatever. I didn't know, had no way of knowing, but that's the first time. Then all these memories started to flood back and I was led to information of my previous incarnations and it made perfect sense. It fit, it fit into my own belief system because it was truth. You know what I mean? This is my history. There's nothing of conflict mentally for me. But then I started to find out, you know, ask anyone, first of all, You know, so I just want to get into what once the Anunnaki told me, we're going to remove your memory blocks. You're going to have a lot of past life information flood back into your consciousness. We first of all, don't get egoed out because it could bring up some savior complex. Like some of the, you know, more than likely, if you go and start having recall, you're going to recall the good stuff first. You're not going to recall when you were Fred the Horrible. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So the good stuff is going to come first. But what they said, they said, first of all, remember the acorn is no less significant than the giant oak it will one day become. Never get 
like egoed out because you're in ninth grade and go to a seventh grader. Nah, 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 nah. Because you know that seventh grader is going to be where you are. You're going to be in 12th grade. And this cycle always continues its evolution. And don't get wrapped up in the titles. But I love this. What they told me is what you're going to find is you've had so many names. The names will become useless and pointless. What you truly are is nameless, but not voiceless. I love that because you can tell, I, I know, dude, I got a list. Too many names now, actually. I'm like, all right, stop with the names, man. Because really, all this too, like just because you are gifted, because that truly is a gift to have some past life recall, but none of it really matters. I can I think it can be a big distraction because the only thing that's real is the moment, man, the moment point. Mm -hmm. If you've pulled yourself out thinking of what you wish this moment was, You've lost the only moment of power you have to enact any change in your life is the moment, the present, the present. Um, if you pull yourself out backwards, thinking about what you wish that moment was, you've missed your moment of power. If you're thinking about what you need to do tomorrow or the next week, you've lost your moment of power. You've got to train yourself. If you've lost in your phone, man, you've lost your moment of power. You need to train yourself to not you, but the proverbial you, I can tell you're an enlightened right. cat, but you need to be in being a musician. I think trains one into you, you know, Eric Clapton, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but when, because of the history channel and then having me, find out who my biological parents are. That's when I found out I met my birth mother and my two sisters for the first time in late 2008. And I'm like, well, do you know who my birth father, obviously, you know who he is. And she's like, are you sitting down? I'm like, yeah. She's like, it's Eric Clapton. I'm huh. like, what the? Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's a whole rabbit hole to go into, but I could tell you it's true. And I hope yeah. to God I get to meet him because you know, I'm a guitar player and a functioning yeah. guitar player. Have you ever heard of Steve Vai? Oh, yeah. I won the Steve Vai Ibanez Guitar Challenge, um, which was a mind trip. That might be weirder to me than meeting the Anunnaki, bro. You know, like, <laughs> like He was a, from Crossroads, and being a guitar player, I'd pull that little plastic record out of Guitar Player Magazine back in the 80s, yeah. and you put it on a record and play it. And I heard Steve Vai, and I've been a fan ever since. So, you know... Weird story there is because of being brought into the Seth material. Are you familiar? Yes. When I needed some information to make things make sense, spirit led me to the information of the Seth material back in the nineties. It truly changed my life. But I was working in a company in management for making dollar bill acceptors for vending and gaming. I knew that wasn't my life. You know what I mean? Like mm. I was there for 15 years, but I could put myself you know, future site. Wow, I'm going to be 60. I'm going to be making $300,000 a year at that in that year's money, probably. Um, it felt so hollow. I'm like, this seems like a prison. I don't care how much money I'm making. That's how I would rather barely keep a roof over my head and play blues in a club, you know, for the rest of my life than that. So, you know, the Seth material was like, you create your own reality. And um, I looked in my reality. I'm like, I really think I'm here to do music, you know? So this one, this one time, I'm like, well, I had this rhythm track done for putting a solo on. And I thought, 
Well, no one else has to hear it. Go in there. No, no punch-ins allowed. No fixing anything. One take from beginning to end. And then do the best you can. Bring the most soul through your playing that you can bring. And uh, then sit back and go, well, be honest with yourself. Do you hear something special? I know. When I hear Stevie Ray Vaughan, I'm like, yep, that dude should not be flipping burgers. He's doing what he's here to do. Jimi Hendrix, Eddie Van Halen, Steve yeah. Vai, Joe Satriani. They're here doing what they, you know, if you have something to share musically, it shouldn't be that much of a question to you that when you listen back to it, go, yeah, I do hear something. So I made a song called Testing One, Two, Three. And um, once I heard that track and I did, it took me about a week. I'd go in and it wasn't it. And I'm like, well, tomorrow I'll try one of my Fender Stratocasters or something, change something and do something different. And um, after about a week, this one take came through. And it's really funny because in it, you know, I had my microphone up to my speaker cabinet so you can. If you listen real carefully with headphones, you can hear me in the background going, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and uh, so at that point, I'm like, I'm going to put myself, I helped this company get a postal contract service. So every post office in the United States had one of our dollar bill acceptors in it. So you can imagine $35 million contract, you know, and uh, that caused a bigger company to come in and buy the company out and just lay everyone off. <laughs> and there was 350 people and I was there for 15 years. These people were my family and these people came together for this company and worked their asses off, worked a lot of overtime, came in on Saturdays to make it work. And it broke my heart because I was in management. I had people coming up to me going, we heard that they're closing the factory and stuff. And I, I was like, I don't know. You know, some of it I did start to know, but I wasn't supposed to tell anyone. And I, it broke my heart. I was like, what kind of moral is this? That if you work really hard, you can work your way right out of a job. This mm -hmm. isn't right. And here I had the Seth material telling me if I, with the faith of the mustard seed, step out live without a net, so to speak, that I'll meet who I need to meet. The doors will open effortlessly that I need to open. And that's the way it should be. If you're in the flow of divine will that it should be effortless if you're hitting your head against the wall and things are not happening for you as they should happen and as you're not in the flow of your life mission so uh i went to the ceo and i said put me on the layoff list and he said i decide who gets put on the layoff list and you're not part of the list they're taking the company down from 350 people to 18 people and i was one of the 18 and I'm thinking, well, this creating your own reality shit ain't working real well, you know? Like, uh, so I didn't know what to do. So, by the way, this was in the year 2000. So, uh, instead of going to work, I got up every morning, like I usually did, and I drove through the forest. And I went and sat in the forest and meditated all day long. And uh, after about a week, no revelations of what I should do. You know what I mean? Like, well, I got to go back to work. I got to tell them something, you know? So the, the minute I went back to work, I went straight to the CEO's office. I said, listen, I can't explain this to you, but I'm being drawn to make a change in my life. And I'm here to do music. He said, and I said, you know, I said, you know, I've helped this company 
All I'm asking for is you to do to me what you're doing to everyone else. I need six months of, you know, unemployment. And he said, listen, if you'll stay to the end, we'll give you a nice severance package. And, uh, you know, and you could be on your way then. And I said, that's perfect. Thank you for working with me. And that's cool. So it was really weird because up until that point, I could look into the future. I knew, you know, next year I'll be making 4% more. You know what I mean? And, you know, I knew what my life looked like. All of a sudden, man, the future was wide open. But in a scary way, I didn't know whether I'd fall on my face or rise to the occasion. It was all open. But that was a feeling of freedom that I rarely felt. So I had six months of unemployment. Four months of unemployment had went by and no magical doors open. Didn't meet anyone from bringing this heaven to earth. And I'm like, oh, my God, what have I done? <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I've messed up here, you know. And that night, uh, I had the most lucid dream. And in it, I met Steve Vai. And he, I was led by a guide down this long corridor into this club. And he was sound checking. There's no one else in there. And I remember specifically, he was doing a song called There's a Train That's Leaving. And it was very spiritual. And in this vision, he was levitating above the floor. And he's doing sound check. He's like, I need a little bit more trouble on my guitar. You know, and and he looks over and he's singing this song about there's a train that's leaving. It's time to wane of the chaff. And, you know, pretty much these aren't the lyrics, but it was like, are you going to the new earth or are you going to be sticking around? Because there's a train that's leaving. And um, in it, he turned around seeing me and the guide in the club and he hovered right up to my face. And he said, welcome aboard. When he said, welcome aboard, it was like in a movie, God voice. It actually woke me up out of the dream. I'm like, what the hell was that about? You know, that's weird. And um, the next morning, I knew, I felt this synchronicity was waiting for me at Vi.com. I thought, wouldn't it be weird if he was working on a song called There's a Train That's Leaving? And uh, so I go, SteveVi.com, enter. And the first thing that comes up, it said, enter the Steve Vai Ibanez guitar challenge. And dude, I knew I was going to win the contest. It had nothing to do with my guitar playing. I just met him and he said, welcome aboard. You know what I mean? So it was weird out of thousands of people that entered, huh. you know, they narrowed down to 10 and there I was in the 10. And, but this is a cool thing to talk about spiritually. What is it with human psychology that, that inner voice is always like, don't count your chickens before they hatch. You know, uh, and, you know, don't get too excited. And um, this other voice is going, if you think this is all coincidence, because this keeps happening to me, you know, we'll get into NASA. But, you know, Richard Hoagland, NASA science advisor, hooked me up with NASA and I sent them my product. And it was a month and a half of a waiting period. And again, I'm like, well, don't get too excited. What if they find nothing? You know, and uh, this other voice and same with Steve Vai. They're like, well, then you've learned nothing. You think this is all by accident and you should have learned by now. There is no such thing as coincidence. Um, mm. This isn't arbitrary. Now, I wanted I wanted to get to something before we get to NASA and the 432 Hertz technology you've yep. worked on. I'd like to 
finish the story about the Anunnaki in the tent. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you had any other encounters with their physical avatars. Did they ever show you their faces? And are they still around no, in physical form? Yes. All of them are here in human meat suits in the Nephilim. The Nephilim is the human avatar for them. Because like I said, if they incarnate into a normal human meat suit, they didn't. the normal human genome does not have the electrical capacitance to hold the energetic signature of an incoming Elohim or Anunnaki. Or, by the way, that's not what they call themselves. The, here's a, something for anyone that get, comes on your show. Three things you can ask them. If they say that they're Inky or Ea or water bearer, ask them to show you, well, show me that you've resurrected and revitalized dead municipal tap water with anything you've done. That's bearing water. And but mm. also, uh, with the royal, I hate the word royal too, but it is what it is. Um, Anunnaki means those of royal blood. Um, the hierarchy of all of the Anunnaki are here, but they are in Native American Indian bloodlines. Not the skull and bones, not anything else. But this gets a little tricky because, you know, around the Great Lakes, and by the way, I'm right in the middle of releasing this to the world. So we should get into this a little bit later and take a deep dive into it because it's truly revealing who the Atlantean bloodline is and how they intertwined into the Native American Indians. Poseidon, Edgar Casey called the Atlanteans the Poseidians. You might as well call them the Inkyites. The Atlantean, the Atlantis is. Inky's land and that bloodline waited until the elders stayed behind with the sinking ship and first of all in 10,500 years ago the last earth changed the previous two they went to the right and they became like the Bosque people in the UK but uh, they ended up the last migration came up into the bottom to the left for the first time into the North American continent. And they met the Mayan culture first, you know, Cody Quetzal and uh, showed them pyramid building and uh, calendars. Mm. And, but then we can get into the, the testing of the human spirit, but the dark side, the way that they know if a human has went off kilter is the dark side is going to ask you if you want to participate in flesh and blood sacrifice ceremonies. And it, it's gift wrapped in a million ways. And if you're, if you do, you're fucked, you know, that's a do over, you know, and the dark is proved to the King. Like I said, the last 7,000 years, the King of the Anunnaki has had lucky land casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. 
product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. A dark Anunnaki side has his ear. And they're going, look, they all Now, is this darkness, does it come from within the Anunnaki? Or no. does it come from other metaphysical, spiritual It comes from the human psyche. It's no one, it's not ah. self-imposed on anything. Really what they did is they understand thoughts have an electromagnetic reality. Um, thought forms have a waveform attached. There's And waveform is energy. So if thought forms have energy, and, well, what... How do you transmute a lower vibrational negative thought form? No one's really asked the question, you know? Well, you live it. That's how. It's got to come, like, and that side of the, you know, part of that team bad cop, I call them, is if you're giving your energy away to illusionary outside sources, they will dangle carrots in front of you to try to get you dark carrots to try to get you to bite so they can go back to the king and go, look, they always give their energy away. They're not ready for higher realms because that shit's not allowed in higher realms of consciousness. Imagine if you're evolving to a higher state, a realm of consciousness or awareness that your thoughts are being manifest back to you instantly. And you still have a lot of fear and doubt and nonsense in your belief system. That's not a good combo. And what we don't understand is, Human consciousness is tied to the Earth's magnetic field, and meaning there's a time lag now between the thought and the manifestation of thought. And those two need to have an energetic handshake to manifest. Meaning, let's say one day you go, man, Fred's an asshole. He did me wrong. I, I hope that dude dies. I'm just being exaggerating. But uh, the, the next day, and let's say this is a long time ago where there's a time lag um, because the Earth's magnetic field was greater. And um, and then the next day you find out, man, he's not an asshole. I, I was mistaken. He's actually a really cool guy and he had my back, you know, and now you got time to change because when the thought form comes time to manifest, they're not going to have a handshake. But if the magnetic field gets lower and lower, you have less time. You have no time to change your mind. If you put out bullshit, you're going to experience bullshit. And it's reflected back in an accelerated fashion, unbiasedly. If you put out darkness, you get back darkness amplified and magnified. If you put out love, you get that back. But it's truly all based on Earth, I mean, moon phases. That Yahweh sits on the Imagine if you're doing this this experiment to accelerate human conscious evolution by making us experience our own mental energy in an accelerated fashion, both light and dark, unbiasedly, you know. Um, what they told me was they had no clue really how dark we'd taken it. And, you know... That's one weird thing is, you know, in the past, me and my brother butted heads a lot because that side of the family didn't look favorably upon mankind. And I'm like, well, quit judging mankind under this economic slavery system that, of course, you know, if you people that are under slavery and oppressed 
is not going to bring out the best in anyone. And uh, so I can tell you the reason you asked me, are, are they here? I, you know, we'll loop around. Yes. But everyone that I've met because of Inky's bloodline coming into the native American Indians, they're all in native American Indians bloodlines. This gets into the star knowledge conference. Have you heard of chief golden light Eagle? Yes. Well, I'm here. I'm now I'm telling the world who he is. That wasn't Lil. So, and I can, I know it sounds freaking crazy. And some people are like, I hate when people say that they're this or that, or this person or that person. I'm like, I didn't say he said he was in Lil. I, I asked him and he said, yes, but I'm telling you what happened was he invited me to an ancient ceremony and I didn't know it's called a Sundance. Are you familiar? Uh, yeah, I'm familiar. Um, didn't know what I was in for. It was one of the most horrific things because this one was infiltrated with flesh and blood sacrifice ceremonies of many sorts. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. With the with the Sundance, the piercing and removing of flesh and eating dogs, you know. And I was oh, I wasn't familiar with that. No, what what is involved in this ceremony? It depends on where you go and how much the dark is infested infected um it's a massive test to see if they can get you to give your energy away to the dark side and they will see if you will participate in flesh and blood sacrifice ceremonies well he invited me there and he invited me my mind you i didn't know of my heritage until late 2008 and when i started looking into it i had already had contact with the anunnaki i had already filmed them the history channel had happened um when i found out that the native american elders had a lot of contact with star beings they call them i'm like man i'd love to learn from them and be able to meet them and as it turns out i was invited to be a speaker at the angels and aliens conference and I didn't know it, but they had contacted Chief Golden Light Eagle to be the uh, keynote speaker. So we're both there. We're walking down a hallway, and he sees me. He's like, Michael, will you come to the Star Knowledge Conferences? I need the Nephilim ambassadors to be present. I need your energy there. I'm looking around like, going, what the hell? Is he talking to me? You know? And, dude, they know, by the way. He said, oh, you're from around the Great Lakes. I said, yeah, I'm Iroquois. Um, he said, oh, you're one of those Atlanteans, heavy duty. And he turned around and walked away. I'm like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> but um, yeah. uh, everyone that I've met is within the Native American Indian community. But getting back to Sundance, I said, Chief, I, I respect people's right to do whatever they want. But I'm drawing a line with adults doing stupid shit to themselves have at it you know but do not bring children into this and do not bring innocent that dog did nothing you know uh so i told him i would not participate and that's when the veil dropped dude he said michael spirit is so glad that you would not participate because spirit looks at anyone who participates in these flesh and blood sacrifice ceremonies as prostitutes he pointed out there to him. He said, uh, this is all about this is this. Do you know what Hayoka is by any chance? No. Hayoka is a word, a Native American word for almost backwards. 
truth, you know, almost like teaching from a dark side, you know. Um, he said the whole ceremony is Hayoka. Really what they're looking for is ones that won't follow the crowd up the crooked steps. And stand up and go, no, this isn't right. I don't care what everyone else is doing. I'm not going to succumb to the peer pressure and the pull into the mass unconsciousness, which that's what it is. He told me as well, because Chief Golden Light Eagle said, Michael, what you just went through and learned is what we all had to learn. And that is how to stand up in your own sovereignty, because every institution of human endeavor, whether it's governmental or church or religion or, you know, anything has a whirlpool of energy that unless you've learned not be swayed and i just got this message again too and it was the same message by the way we'll get into this now i'm back in contact with the group of the uh reverse engineering and he said um michael we know because we can get into this but i i had a kung fu master in the past and i trained under and here to find out the head of that pro program for the nsa brought master guy savelli in to teach them mind over matter kung fu techniques and I found this out from Bill Burns on his radio inter interview. He's like, oh, you're brought in by the remote viewers? Um, they had brought in Master Guy Savelli to teach special ops, you know? And uh, I'm like, uh, could you say that name again? Because I trained under him. Here he's 10 minutes away in Ohio. You know what I mean? So that's a real, little weird to me because I think that they knew who I was before I knew who they were. That's a little weird to me because it's almost... Dude, I hate to say this. It sounds a little, little bit like MK Ultra. Like, mm. he, you know, I was programmed to return home. And, you know, I I eventually followed the breadcrumbs back to them. And they said, well, we'll give you all the learning material. By the way, all the learning material that I was given by the secretive group that are in technology transfer programs with the Anunnaki. Mind you, the world's waiting for disclosure, right? Well, you're, this is disclosure, man. I, not to pat myself on the back, but wouldn't you want to know? It's it's not going to come from the Pentagon. It's not going to come from our government. They don't know anything. Wouldn't you want to talk to the individuals that are a part of the technology transfer program since the 1950s with the Anunnaki and what they've learned about, they call it new life physics or the, you know, star knowledge what's star knowledge it's the knowledge of light and sound and how it creates our physical existence and our reality um uh well I so how about for for the for the next for the last half of the show that we have i want to hear about how you were downloaded with the information regarding this 432 technology these discs my girlfriend and I have one. We charge everything from our water to weed to magic mushrooms, oh, and right uh, we think it's phenomenal technology. So tell us a little bit about how you developed this. Well, that's a great question. And I, First of all, we'll, we can backtrack, but I just got new scientific data. And um, what had happened was I have a friend that has technology to scan medically 
the it's called the Meisner field, or you can call it the aura or your subtle energy field. And I'm sure you know the heart has a much larger magnetic field than the brain. Well, every organ has an electromagnetic field around it, you know, an energy field. And this technology you can look at 30 different organs and their energy fields and tell you if something is out of homeostasis or out of whack, you know, out of equilibrium. And he said, Michael, I want to test your disc. You know, and he said, because we're both at the same conference. He said, I got my technology set up over there. I said, sure, let's do it. And he said, well, you can't walk over there with your disc. That would negate the test. So I'll carry the disc over there. Take off your pendant, you know, because I've got the technology made independent. By the way, all this stuff, I've kept it really cheap because I this needs to get out to the world. Um, MichaelEHill.net, again, all this stuff is available. But uh Mm-hmm. he said take off the pendant and we're going to wait a couple hours to get whatever the stuff is doing to your field i want it out and we'll, we'll do a before and after so i walked over there i put my hand on this plate of diodes you know that it's almost like acupuncture it's tech checking all the points meridian points of your body and uh it spits out two things a photograph of the human body and then scientific data of a waveform of every organ but the picture is if something is out of whack it comes in as a black cloud so say if you got a shoulder pain you'll start to see a black cloud form there if you got a heart issue they'll see a heart thing so he puts my hand on the machine he hits uh you know image and it spits out an image i had like seven black clouds around my body and uh he goes okay hold out your hand he puts the disc in my hand. I went like this, that quick, you know, two seconds. And he hit image again and cleared up everything. It brought everything in my body back into homeostasis. It's like, what a fucking miracle, you know? Um, but the only thing it didn't in the past, I was tried, the team bad cop tried to stop me and the men in black attacked me and they shattered my jaw. I had, it broke it twice here and once here. I had to have my whole face wired back together. And uh, could you tell us a little bit about what happened there? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, no, because it knocked me unconscious. <laughs> Whatever I, you can tell me. Uh, yeah, you can I woke up in my bathroom and it looked like something from a Hellraiser movie. Uh, the bathroom was just covered in blood. There was blood actually dripping from the ceiling. And I was laying in a pool about a six foot pool of blood you, you know i got long hair i like pushed myself up off the floor and my hair was dripping in blood I'm like what the fuck has happened you know and um it was one week after that is i had my first cbs news interview scheduled so when they want to shut you up they're pretty good at shutting you up but it's weird when i met the anunnaki i said is there something because when i met them at first I didn't let them scan my third eye. They had a device that once he knew, he said, we heard you've been filming us over Lake Erie. I said, yep. And he said, we heard that you know anything about a young man named David Sarita who was on Coast to Coast that revealed information about a certain Boyd Bushman 
from Lockheed Martin. He's a senior scientist. By the way, this is the same Boyd Bushman. Remember, he he, uh, he was a senior scientist from Lockheed Martin, and he came out with a deathbed confession about a couple years ago, and it got squashed. They said, ah, that's just a Halloween doll. I can tell you that's bullshit, because the Anunnaki years prior said, how did this information get into your film about Boyd Bushman? Because we decide and we've been in control of what gets released to the human population for a very long time. And this information was not in the script. How can that be when we're the ones in control of it? And I said, because I willed it in the manifestation. I said, it's bullshit that this information has been kept from mankind. You're stopping the evolution of mankind by keeping this information away. So he, uh, the whole beginning of that was... They were upset by Boyd Bushman being in mine and David Sarita's film because at the ending ending of that production, Boyd Bushman brought David Sarita into his office at Lockheed Martin and showed him the principles of anti-gravity and how it had been incorporated by Conair and uh, you know Boeing and the first reverse engineered craft that flew in 1959 that was nuclear powered um he showed us the schematics for that and everything well um none of that was ever supposed to be released to the world and he was there was death threats coming out you know towards me and towards board Boyd bushman and so uh they said we need to know what you know and he pulled out a wand that had a purple diode which is weird because um whitley striber of you know we're friends now and he said michael that's the exact same technology they used on me if you look at his story it was a wand that had a purple diode and the nsa that the head of the nsa his name was a.r borden and uh he said the technology you're explaining to us is it's right it's what they use they have ways to know what you know that are much more detailed than a lie detector test and uh he said what you're explaining whoa is uh it's that's what they use so once they did that all of a sudden this by the way man i let me get a drink of water um yeah you're good i found out who this individual was i was sitting in in the i dream a genie tent i'm not going to give his name because it's a real person you know what i mean but i will give you the details if someone is diligent you could figure it out. But I was told I was, you know, this person that Marduk was sitting before me saying, how did this information get out to the world? This isn't supposed to get out there. Uh, I was told he was a, it had a very high position within NASA. And um, I didn't know what that was. And the person, his partner was also the female was from NASA. So I can tell you once this meeting happened, when I got home, I typed in his name and NASA and nothing came up. But recently I got a little birdie on my shoulder, Anunnaki birdie. <laughs> I'm going to have to start using that. Um, the Anunnaki birdie whispered in my ear, I think you should check on his name again. And sure enough, his daughter brought him in. She's a college teacher and uh, brought him in to talk about his time with NASA. And here, he was about as high in NASA as you could get. He uh, was the head of the technology acquisition department through all the Apollo missions and overseeing all the technology that was used in all of the Apollo missions. I mean, that is, is, so now it's really weird to me to know 
holy shit, man, they're already incarnated in the human meat suits in the highest levels of our government. And um, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, man. And uh, yeah. off air, I will share with you who he is. I don't I just don't think it's right to, you know, he's a human being and he has a, you know, but here's what happened is. These death threats are coming out because, mind you, he's the one from Team Bad Cop is in charge of re reflecting back a negative polarity. That's the spiritual job here is, you know, to see if he can get you to bite a dark carrot. And um, right. he, uh, all of a sudden, once he checked my third eye, I heard what can happen is they have technology that can hit your pineal gland, your third eye, and they can hit your Akash and see exactly who you are who you've ever been and probably who you're going to be, you know? Um, and all of a sudden everything changed, dude. Um, his demeanor actually broke down and started crying. Once you scan my third eye, he's like, Oh my God, we've been waiting for you to surface. We don't know how it is that you're sitting here before us. And he started asking who brought this person here. How did this happen? He said, Michael, we've been waiting for you like to show yourself. And now that you have, and we have a council meeting and I'm like, well, this is a change of attitude. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden he's asking my permission to have a council meeting. And I'm like, well, I have no idea what you're talking about. What do you want to talk about? And he said, well, there's another celestial object entering our solar system and it'll be here pretty soon. And we want to talk about what ramifications on human institutions it will have. And we want to ask some of you, just tell us your opinion on what do you think contact like mankind finding out we're not alone what ramifications will it have for humanity so i'm like well yeah i i love talking about that shit you know what i mean i will talk about that so they said um if it's okay with you we will have a council meeting right now so um, yeah so about five other people entered the genie bottle i don't know who they were i never seen them before or after but they just went around to every person and asked them uh your opinion and they got to me and the person i was with said me and michael believe that if mankind was freed from the system that we're in we could do much better you know and uh so this individual from NASA that Marduk was coming through, he said, well, it must be time. We're going to begin to prepare mankind for the reality that we're not alone. And the Anunnaki has been intertwined in the human history for a very long time. I said, well, when? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And he looked at me and he said it with kind of like venom in his voice, obviously, before 2012. And, uh... I, this is my own opinion, but I think it was ancient aliens because I can tell you when I left that meeting with the Anunnaki, I came home and tried to Google Anunnaki. There was nothing. Mm. There was, you know, the name Zechariah Sitchin came up, but I never read a Sitchin book and that was it. There was nothing else at that time. And um, now after ancient aliens, everyone 
knows who the Anunnaki are. Now there's a million Anunnaki experts. <laughs> so yeah. it seems. Yeah. And that gets a little old to me, you know, not, not, I'm like, Oh, have you met them? No. So everything that you're telling other people is something you heard from someone else. And there's a lot of bullshit floating around, you know, um, now, Michael, we've got we got a few minutes left. I definitely want to get to how you came out with this technology, what it does, and let the audience know how they can get their hands on it as well. Right on. Um, what had happened was being brought into the NSA. They said I was being brought in. I didn't know I was the reverse engineering division. I was the instrument that the Anunnaki used to bring a technology transfer program to humanity of aligning oneself, humankind, with galactic source energy. What I need to tell you is, are you familiar with the Emerald Tablets of Poth? Yes. In the Emerald Tablets of Poth, it says living water is an analogy for prana or chi or life force. I thought, oh, that makes perfect sense because that's what this technology is truly bringing through. By the way, like I said, put the disc in your hand. It cleared up everything after two seconds. What NASA said was they found, first of all, they said it apparently Michael has created a cosmic energy collector or a QI collector. I didn't know what either one of those terms meant. Here, cosmic energy collector is Nikolai Tesla's own words for his 369 unlimited free energy technology qi is another word for chi so it's all this is what we're talking about is the creation of life force or chi or prana so um how it came to be was simultaneously a.r borden said you have music in you but not in just in the sense of writing good beatles songs that to create physical matter you need musical intelligence not only knowing what because you need specific frequencies to create physical effect but not just a specific frequency you need specific frequencies which is plural you know uh in either a, a melody or a chord and he said in your course of study you're going to learn about the pythagorean scale which all creation comes from the Pythagorean scale to how to tune music is real simple. A equals 432. Now you're in Pythagorean tuning. Um, so I didn't know what he's talking about, dude. This is 2008, you know, I'm being brought into the fold. What, and he said, what you're going to learn is about cosmic harmonious frequencies and how sacred geometry is associated with this cosmic harmonious frequencies and simultaneously i didn't it took me a while to put two and two together because they started using crop circles to answer my questions much like a chalkboard in a classroom that they would show me or reveal to me something to do with sacred geometry by the way they've re revealed a brand new seed of life to me that mankind's never seen before that kind of thing you know and i thought well i'd love to see that uh as a seven-pointed star and the next day it showed up in 2018 in the uk as a crop circle and you know i asked them to see it and they, next day that was a little weird you know what i mean that gets a little, like hmm like kind of looking around you know like, someone watching me you know but uh so all of this started to lead into the importance of 432 but what had happened was i had learned to make these discs this is 
man, I can't even see the picture. I don't know if that's, can you see the disc? You had it in there just a minute ago. If you move it over to your this way? left, there you go, right there. Okay. Um, this is quartz crystal glass, and it has a copper wrap. And the deal was, this came from a Pleiadian contactee, and they're called Pleiadian healing energy discs. And I learned this art form of making these. They said the most important thing was the, the sacred geometry that's being used within the disc, you know. Seeds of life, flower of life, Metatron's cube, Fibonacci curves, you know, whatever, to encode that because the idea is certain geometry has certain subtle energy, you know, pyramid power, you know. Um, so uh, that's how it all developed as they started communicating to me 432 principles and the geometry involved. So I already knew how to make these, but I was using computer-generated sacred geometry. This is an interesting thing. This is the first communication with the Anunnaki because they told me when I met them, it said, in your past, you were once known as Ia Enki, the water bearer. And um, in our past, in, in your past, we were once known as the Anunnaki. Well, obviously, that made no sense to me because if you don't know who the Anunnaki are, you sure as hell don't know who Yinky is or Ia or the water bearer. So after that meeting, I said, listen, through meditation and getting into a, you know, a state of meditation, I said, listen, if you are who you say you are, encode the name Ia Yinky into a crop circle. That'll be my proof. You know, I'm a student of the subject. I will take notice. And dude, it took two years. But in that two years, because I'm going to back up. This is the crop circle that came. Do you see how at the end of that seven-pointed star is rows of like filled circle, empty, filled, filled, empty? Yeah. Yeah. That actually turns out being is ASCII binary code. And when it's decoded, it decodes to ES space Inky. So the crop circle came is the point, And that's why I've started. This was the beginning of my communication with the Anunnaki. These are available at the website, by the way. But if you're interested in pure energy work, stick to the 432 disks. These are like, I'm just following guidance. I don't know what this does. You know, I've, I've heard some crazy shit about people that use these in their Reiki. Mm-hmm. practices but i'm just putting it out there this is we'll figure out what this stuff does together but if you really want proven scientific data behind the disc look into the 432 discs in particular but 2009 was when i asked for this crop circle and it didn't show up until 2011 during that two years i was guided into a new scientific endeavor which is called cymatics are you familiar yes making frequency visible, you know, for the first time ever. And um, what had happened was I had asked them, first of all, I asked them to encode this with only something I would be able to decode. And um, so because this encoded Ia Inky into a crop circle, I thought, wow, this is it. So I started making this disc. 
And but then I tracked down all seven notes of the musical scale, the tune properly, and the proper cymatic image for that. And I made a seven disc set of the cymatic image of, of notes tuned properly, musical disc set. And I had made this disc first. And, you know, I need to say, when I asked them to encode this with the name EA Inky, I thought, how ignorant of a request. In my mind, I'm like, it looked like a big birthday cake. You know what I mean? Like Inky written. And, and I'm like, well, figure it out, man. If you are who you say. But then I got cocky. I said, encode it with something only I would be able to decode. So what happened was I made this disc. Then I made the musical musical set disc. And the last disc I made was the A note, which is 432 related. And I, once I made it, I'm looking at the cymatic image. I'm like, why does this look so familiar to me? Dude, I wasn't putting two and two together. It's a seven-pointed star. Meaning when you put four octaves below 432, which is 27 hertz, like you'll never have a 27 hertz pulse unless you tune properly four octaves above it. The 432. When you put 27 hertz through, and by the way, why this is important, the lower the frequency, the more simpler the geometry. So if you want nice straight lines in your geometry of five-pointed stars, six-pointed stars, seven, eight, whatever, you need to go to lower frequencies because it's going to have simpler geometry. 27 hertz, pump it through a cymatic device, creates a perfect seven-pointed star. So here I am looking at a seven-pointed star and wondering why it looks so familiar, not really understanding. Well, so after about 10 minutes, two and two never came together. And I, it wasn't coming. This voice is like, well, just forget about it, man. It, it'll come. Just let it go. And right when I let it go and I looked to my right and I looked down, I seen this disc and I seen the seven-pointed star, I start crying. It was like revelation. I'm like, oh my God, they did encode it with something only I would be able to decode. And that is seven pointed star relates to 432. So the next thing that happened is they showed me in the exact same field this showed up in England. No, actually, I'm, they showed up in England after this. Up until now, this was Perono, Italy, this showed up. And um, the year prior, prior in the exact same field was another you can tell it's the same author but it was encoded in ascii binary code again um with e equals mc squared so i already already learned that they use crop circles multi-dimensionally meaning that they'll show you something one year and the next year they'll elaborate on what they're trying to communicate and i knew it so I'm like, what does 432 have to do with E equals MC squared? And because um, I knew it had something to do with it, right? And here, it's pretty damn simple. 432 squared becomes C in that equation. In other words, I'm saying that 432 times 432 equals the speed of light. So the only frequencies that are a component of E equals MC squared of 432 base frequencies. The only frequencies that are truly harmonics of light are 432 base frequencies. I'm going to run that backwards. 432 times 432 equals C, the speed of light, squared times mass equals energy. And that's what's truly being proven here is I'm bringing in higher photonic light energy from another dimension. This is NASA's own 
words, not mine, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so it took about seven crop circles for them to tell me all about, you know, but I can tell you, since I learned how to make these discs anyhow, then I was learning cymatics. I thought I hired scientists to image my guitar, recorded in my guitar studio accurately. I was meticulous about making sure it was tuned properly. I sent it to the scientists, and the first thing they're like, We've used this. Have you ever heard of Cymoscope, by the way? They're no, the I'm leaders not. in cymatic. Yeah, they're the leaders in it. They're the ones that teach MIT classes mm -hmm. and whatever. Um, they said, we've used this technology to image everything, every frequency known to mankind, every uh, baby noises, you know, dolphin noises. But we've never seen this kind of complexity or dimensionality in anything we've ever imaged. And he said, the only thing I can think is because we've never imaged an electric rock guitar amp. <laughs> like, yes, rock magic. Um, he said they actually thought it was the tubes because tubes are organic. It's a vacuum tube. It's probably the only thing that still uses vacuum tubes. That's how you get that Van Halen crunch, you know, the Eddie Van Halen crunch in a sound. And then you got an amplifier that is being tuned by the best ears on the planet, being Joe Satriani, Steve Vai, Eddie Van Halen, um, that when you use that as your sound source, but I will share something now that it wasn't just me putting a microphone in front of my speaker. Uh, there's more to it than that. But um, I sent them my sound file and they said, we've never seen anything like this. Do we have your permission to release the full 20 seconds of video as an experimental video called Music Made Vis Visible to show that image being made in real time? I said, sure you do. And that's available at cymoscope.com in the music made visible oh, part. Great. Um, but uh, that's how it all started. And um, yeah, I guess got, the next there's got so, we've got so much more that we could get into. We're going to have to make this a two parter. We're going to have to get back together yeah, and do this again. Time flew by really fast today, but there's a lot more I want to get into. But this was great. Before you go, though, let let the audience know once again how they can find out more about you, your website and any other content you have. Right on. Um, my website is michaelleehill.net. And of course, I'm all about spreading this uh technology but i'm really most excited about my blog because it gives me an ability to share what i've learned uh the science and you know from the anunnaki technology transfer programs and i can do it in as much detail but as concisely with all the photographs and everything so i would highly suggest michaelleehill.net look into my blog and read some of those blog posts there's a lot of information there and but all of my products are available there as well and uh if you totally just want to the disc that went to nasa it's called a 432 red and that's because i use the human chakras from red in the root to purple in the crown as the color scheme for the cymatic image red on the outside to purple on the inside of all the colors of the rainbow so it hits all the chakras and uh there's an, an alternate version of that called Purple 432 because us Native American Indians believe that once you've went through your ascension process, the chakras flip. So no longer is it red in the root, it's purple in the root. 
And uh, Native Americans say, once you've obtained that state of consciousness, you become the whirling rainbow. And that gets into the rainbow warrior prophecy of the Hopi. And by the way, that is my name for real is from Chief Golden Light Eagle. I do want to say real quick, this is important. Because after the veil dropped, I told him I would not participate in the flesh and blood sacrifice ceremonies. He said, Michael, I work with the seven lords of light and the seven lords of darkness. I'm the only one who sits directly in the middle of those two sides. And I'm the only one who holds a seat on those two galactic councils, both light and dark. Meaning, I have to offer any initiate that's brought before the council both sides of duality. Mm. I have to ask them if they will participate in flesh and blood sacrifice ceremonies while praying to God they don't. So uh, then after that, I was led to the information that the name Yahweh was known to the Cherokee and the Iroquois long before the Bible. And um, he was known to be this chief that sat in between these two councils of war and peace chiefs. And he's the only one that sat directly in the middle and the only one that held, held a seat on both sides. I'm like, well, this sounds familiar, you know. So the next time me and chief were together, because we spent a lot of time together from 2014 till he passed. And um, in the same vehicle, I looked him in the eye and said, this is awkward. But spirit has led me to understand you are Yahweh. Enlil, my brother, and he said, yes, I've done some pretty messed up things. Mm. And uh, he said, I didn't know what to say to that. So, well, haven't we all, you know? And he said, I want you to know, too, this isn't the first time we've met. We've met in many other incarnations, and the last time was not pleasant. But he said, I, I understand now you were only showing me my own darkness. Because understand, that side of the family wanted mankind to perish. Mm. And... I proved to them that's not the right choice. There's no doubt. And even that side of the family, they're like, well, fuck, we were wrong. This, this, we're a Pleiadian soul carrier without being modified by the Anunnaki. Given um, enough time, we would have became enlightened wingmakers, Elohim. But, uh, so that's how I know Chief Cole and Light Eagle is in low. But Yahweh, I want to say too, that's not a name. Just like, Enlil means Lord of the Sky. Um, by the way, we didn't get into part two. We'll get into Elon Musk, but yeah. he's given me the official title of me being included in their library wow, really? museum, being brought to the moon in a crystal time capsule. Um, I'm says Michael Lee Hill, official Earth ambassador. That's fucking hinky, you know. Lord of the Earth, Lord means ambassador. So if you transcribe the word Inky into English, it means ambassador of the earth. Mm. And I'm thinking, yeah, Anunnaki's funny with this because that is what it is. That's going to, they just, it's supposed to go to the moon next month. No, this month. And now I just found out it's been pushed back to next month. But dude, NASA knows anything that's under this field of what this disc is, it, revitalizes water and it's going to be on and what nasa said is the longer something is in its field the energy grows exponentially it's going to be on the moon for the next 10 billion years shining down on planet earth the anunnaki are telling me you have no idea what it even means for mankind to enter a time of living water mm. because one think of when you use this water for agriculture you find out it creates yield of 
you know, farming that creates a much larger yield quicker, impervious to drought, and the actual nutritional value per bite more than doubles. This is the natural GMO, and all you have to do is use 432 water in your agriculture. I'm working with people right now to bring this to the world. So very, uh, very exciting times and yes. sitting back and watching it all unfold. So michaelweehill.net, please check out the stuff, the pendants, the grandmothers of the Native American First Nations. They're more excited about this than anything. They're like, yeah, this our bodies are 70 to 90% water. So when you wear it, it's revitalizing all the water in your body, but it's also projecting out. It's double-sided, mm. you know? Um, so wherever this goes on the planet, and they're going out all over the planet, let me tell you, um, it's raising the frequency of its environment wherever it goes. And it's under the radar. No one can stop it. I can tell you the aliens know. I, I don't like the word aliens, but they're like, well, why is this? grid of high frequency being formed around the planet. Uh, it's a freaking hill again. <laughs> we'll definitely have to do this again. This was fantastic. And until next time, everyone, have an excellent evening. Go check out Michael's site, pick up a disc, and we will talk again on Monday. We'll see y'all then.